Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Joan Millmind and this is episode 123, Strange Brew. Hello, hello, and welcome in again to another episode of the podcast. I'm Jo, I'm your hostess today, and if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back again to listen to me and join in another half an hour or so of Nissy Chat this week. And if you're new this week, hello, nice to meet you. I'm Jo, and me and my merry band of nitty crazies and legends are pleased to have you over here with us in the Shiny Bees community. Now, I've been trying to record this episode for a couple of days. However, we've had some workmen outside the front of the house busy digging up the perfectly serviceable tarmac because it's part of some nice big tender and making a ton of noise. And I'm hoping I've just got a little window of opportunity here to get this recorded and get this down before they come back from their lunch and start with the pneumatic drills again. It's been a little bit trying on my patience because you just can't think with that amount of noise going on. It is really hard work, but I'm here now, you know, don't let the buggers get you down after all. I'm back again with you and excited to be here. So first up, a big thank you to everyone who's been in touch since the last episode, which was, isn't it about time we put a stop to all this nonsense? I have had a lot of emails and messages and I haven't had a chance to reply to all of them yet. So if you did email me and I've not replied, thank you very much. I am getting around to getting through them. There just were, there were quite a lot of them and I want to make sure that I do reply to everyone that took the time to Uh, talk to me and send me messages or whatever else. If you've not listened to that episode yet, I recommend you go back and do so. It was one of those episodes that I was really worried about putting out and it sort of came from a very kind of frustrated place, I guess, but it was one of those things that I just felt like I had things to say with a capital TTS that needed calling out. And although it you know, it didn't seem, it doesn't seem like a big, massive deal when you look at it on face value. I just think it's something that's on a lot of people's minds at the moment. And I just felt the need to say it. And I always get nervous when I get in that mood and start talking. Um, Because I hadn't written any notes at all for that episode. I literally just talked for half an hour. And um, it seems to have gone down really well uh, with those of you that are listening. And thank you for getting in touch with me and talking to me about it. And it is one of those tricky subjects where there are lots of different points of view when it comes to it. And it's about finding, striking that balance and also about not just accepting things because that's the way they've always been done and calling these things out that really just shouldn't be happening anymore. Now, I promised you I would let you know what happened when I went to speak to the school about their ridiculous um, gender specific policy when it came to selecting members of the school council, which, spoiler, if you haven't heard 122, you kind of know some of the general gist of what it's about now. Uh, And so I did. And initially I spoke to the head and um, she had a very well prepared answer, which indicates to me that this isn't the first time she's been asked this question. 
And I said to her, look, you know, neither of us really know why this is a thing. You know, she doesn't see why the girls had to do extra work. Um, and, you know, she, you know, she didn't get through to the shortlisting and that. I mean, it's not about that. What it is about is, is she, you know, she's asked me why this is. Um, and I didn't have a logical answer for it. I didn't have a logical answer for why you insist on one boy and one girl for the school council because it doesn't make any sense to me. So I thought I would ask you so I could get the proper answer for her so I can let her know because she's not very happy that boys and girls are being treated differently. And apparently the Eco Council and the Ichthus Council have got non-gender specific selection criteria. So that's two out of three. So I should be grateful for that. Um, and they do try and encourage all of the children to go on one of the councils at some point in their school career. So she will get a chance. I'm like, well, it's not It's not really about her being on or off the council. It's more about the selection procedure. Now, apparently, um, by having one, one boy and one girl on the council, it leads to more sensible ideas being put forward for consideration for things and policies they would like to bring in. To which I made a little bit of a surprised, and when I say surprised, I mean pantomime surprised face. Um, don't forget, I have been a pantomime cat. So I have done an entire pantomime full of theatrical looking faces. So it was one of those kind of hilarious meme type faces where the eyebrows kind of go up to the ceiling. And I was like, oh, really? And what do you mean by that? Um, now, apparently, like asking for extra days wearing your own clothes is you know it's not sensible enough and you know if if they make sure they have at least one boy then they get some other ideas about things that they could do and they tend to be a bit more sensible so I said well surely the point is not to be sensible surely the point is to let them work out what they want to ask for and to you know facilitate them in working out why this might be a practical or impractical solution rather than using gender to filter (laughs) the policies that you get um so you know like there was a bit more kind of to and fro and I said well will you consider at least you know putting it um to be non-specific and that it can be either a boy or a girl because I would hate for two boys to miss out um on the opportunity to come up with sensible policies and because you have to choose one girl and um sort of sauntered off and I have attacked it with both of her class teachers as well because uh, it was parents evening and I said we had a very interesting discussion on gender equality and they said oh really what's that and they also didn't really have any reason for it to be one boy and one girl so the upshot is is I've had this conversation with her and she is now because she's wonderful and she's my daughter petitioning the school council uh, to have the rules changed about how you get selected for the school council so good on you my girl good on you my girl and I've got to say like yeah you know this is the kind of stuff we should be encouraging and we've got to question it we've got to answer and we might not like the answers they come up with and it is still a lot of pomp the the ideas that are there to justify why it needs to be one boy and one girl and yes there's a lot that can be done to encourage boys to participate in these kinds of leadership positions early on in their school career and maybe we should be focusing on doing more of that and making it more accessible to them so that the right children who've worked hard and been voted and have been coached in how to present get an opportunity to take part. 
No. And this shouldn't surprise you because I'm sure it is the 1950s over there. As an aside, just as a facepalm moment I wanted to share with you. Uh, literally the next day, got a letter home from school inviting us to ladies' night. Now, there was me thinking, wow, church school having strippers like church school meets magic mike is this a, is this a thing is this happening right now i mean like things have escalated quickly since our little chat yesterday and um apparently not apparently it's not that kind of ladies night apparently it's a ladies shopping event and it's to raise money like for school funds and it's not just for the mums right other ladies can come too. No mention of bringing any men, right? No mention that that men can buy body shop body butter if they want, like whenever they want. It don't, it's not not just for girls. It's not Yorkie bars, right? It's not just for girls. No, no mention of anything else. No, it's a late lead ladies' night, ladies' night with no strippers. That's not just for mums. It's a shopping event. It's like a marketplace. Why not just call it? School Christmas Marketplace. Why do we have to call it a ladies' night when there are no strippers there? But apparently, yeah, it is that old-fashioned. And to the point they have to like make the point it's not just for the mummies. I'm just like, oh, do me a favour, the 1950s called. So I sense it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle with them, but I shall plod on because we cannot allow this thing to go unnoticed and to be unchallenged. So there we go. That's where we're up to with it. So you're up to date now and should anything else happen, I will let you know, but I shall continue with my crusade to get them to change their really old-fashioned ways about some things and think a little bit more widely about what they can do to be more inclusive and to be a bit fairer to the children. So what else have I got for you today? Well, I have some news on the agenda as well as a review of Strange Brew by Tin Can Knits, the collection, which is um, recently released and very, very exciting. So grab your brews um, or just snort a bottle of Prosecco if, if, if that, that whole exchange has been a little bit too much for you and we will crack on with the show. The other hilarious thing I forgot to tell you was that uh, her school class teachers reported that the beast is a very good girl 85% of the time, as long as her agenda is the same as your agenda. But when it's not, then not so much. I was quite proud. I was quite proud. Nobody, what, compliant people never do anything interesting, do they? Let's be honest. I was just like, well, you know, maybe you need to engage her a little bit more then. Give us something to be or have an agenda about. I'm so naughty. Anyway, so news for you then for this week. UK-based Yarny Nitty News at number one. Yarn Porium is going to be taking place in London, 2nd to the 3rd of November at Central Hall in Westminster between 10 and 6 on the Friday the 2nd and 10 and 5 on the Saturday the 3rd. I will be there. I'll be there on the Friday, popping in and out on the Saturday because I am at an event next door at the QE2. 
but it would be great to see you there. So if you're going, please do pop me a quick message. I would love to have a meet up with you and say hello and give you a cuddle. I'm a cuddler. So just be warned, I will. I, I, I do get very excited and I do kind of like throw myself at people uh, for cuddles. So if you're not a cuddler, let me know so I can kind of twitch and hold myself back from actually cuddling you. But if you are, game on. I've got, I've got enough for everyone. Um, the tickets for that are available online in advance. They are £10. It's £12 on the day. They have a marketplace. They've got some workshops with the likes of Carrie Westerman and Nathan Taylor, who's such a babe. Love him. Kate Atherley, people like that who are doing workshops. Some of those are still available, which you can find on their website. And they're also holding a series of talks this year from various people including the lane ladies and um, a panel with people like Kelborn Woolens and Garthena and Triskelion on it talking about creating yarns and a designer panel talking about knitwear design with Kate Atherley and Kate Happel and Kai Westerman so again tickets for that are available on the website and there's also the Indie Maker Spotlight as well that they've had before with some of the newer names that you might not have seen. So go ahead and check that out. I'll put links to all of that stuff in the show notes so you can go and have a look at that. The next exciting knitting event for you, mentioned already, our lovely, lovely friend of the show, Leona Jane, is holding Ferret Fest, speaking of ferrets, on the 18th of November up at Fluff in Dundee. It's super easy to get there from the train station. And um, there's going to be, again, some of her favourite Nitty people are going to be there. I think Knitting Goddess Joy will be there. The ever lovely, ever wonderful, enigmatic favourite of mine, Knit British Louise, will be there as well. And you can find out everything you need to find out by going joining her mailing list or checking her out at fluff.com. And finally, the party, the woolly party of the year at Saturnalia, Countess of Blaze, our friend Lindsay, is holding an annual Saturnalia party on the 1st of December in Manchester. There will be a pop-up market during the day with some of her favourite vendors at the shop. And then in the evening, there will be cocktails with the Countess at an exclusive venue in Castlefields. And that starts at 5.30, it's the 1st of December. I've been to all of the other Saturnalia parties that she's had and they're always a brilliant laugh. Her knit group are amazing fun and she does know how to throw a good bash. So I would heartily recommend, if you are free, that you head along over there. Again, links to where you can find tickets for that and everything else I've mentioned in the news section will be in the show notes at shinybees.com forward slash one, two, three for this episode. The only other bit of news I have for you right now is that I am making a return to live streaming. For those of you that's followed me since the good old days, you will remember me getting into Periscope in a bit of a big way back in 2014, I guess, when live streaming was only just kind of coming out. And it's something I've always really enjoyed doing. And I often think about doing a video podcast and then get put off by like having to edit it and just all of the stuff that goes along with it. I love editing audio. I don't mind that at all. And even though people keep telling me I need to outsource it and I know I need to outsource it, I don't really want to outsource the editing of my audio because I like it. So I'm having a bit of a battle with that at the moment, but I've never really felt that way about video editing. 
So I thought I would just embrace the video, embrace the live again and start doing some you know, live broadcasts into my Shiny Bees podcast group on Facebook because on Instagram it just doesn't last long enough. It's, you know, it's only up there 24 hours. So it's not really worth my while doing there. And then flipping some of the more appropriate ones over maybe to YouTube and putting some of that on there as well. So if you have any requests for anything you would like to see me jabber on about on the live show, then let me know. I'm going to try and make it to be the same time every week, Thursdays at 12.30, although there might be a bit of flex. I'm just going to try it for a bit and see if it kind of scratches that itch of missing doing the live streaming and see how we get on with it. And if it goes well, then we'll keep doing it. And if not, then maybe we'll do something else. But that's what my plan is for now. And you can see that and join in by going over to the Shiny Bees podcast group on Facebook. Link will be in the show notes, but you can also find it from the community tab at shinybees.com. And come and join us over there and hopefully I'll see you there for a little bit of chit chat on Thursdays at lunchtime. I know it's a bit early for those of you in America uh, and elsewhere, but I can't find a time that, that suits everyone. And I like that because it's like lunchtime with Joe, basically. So that is all of the news for this week. And we're going to crack into a review. So first review that I've had for a little while on the show, which is cool. And I'm very excited to be having a look at Strange Brew, the ebook by Tin Can Knits, a colourwork knitting adventure. Now, it's no spoiler, like full disclosure. I really like Tin Can Knits. I like everything that they do. And that's because I'm fussy. And I like well-written patterns and I like stuff that I can do matchy-matchy things with my kids so we can be matching. And I like patterns that are fun to knit, that look good and the really wearable pieces you can keep wearing kind of forever. And that's why I like what they do because they stick to what they, they know, what they're good at. They do everything in sizes baby to 4XL, which means anyone can get involved in their patterns and they're really well written. They've got great tutorials on their website to support them. So I, I like full disclosure, I really like Tin Can Knits. So obviously when the new book came out, I had to review it. So that's what I'm going to be doing today. And maybe inviting you into a little bit of a nitty knit along because I've definitely got my eye on a pattern out of that that I would like to do with some yarn I have got lying close by that you've seen on my Instagram this week, some nice blue and neon yellow. I'm thinking of putting those together and doing a particular pattern from this book. So Strange Brew then is, I will read you the blurb. It says, take a trip outside your knitting comfort zone. Join us on a journey through colourwork yoke sweaters and a family road trip around Iceland. At the centre of this collection is a design your own yoke sweater recipe, which will guide you as you create your own colourwork masterpiece. The collection also contains eight sweater designs and four accessories too. Pull out those needles, dive into your stash, we're convinced you're going to be knitting yokes for days. These delicious and fun knits are sized for the whole family from baby through both women's 4XL and include men specific sizing too which is awesome 
And at the front cover has got all of the the tin can knits gentlemen on there and the tin can knits children on there. And oh my word, like all of the cute, they've all got yokes, jumpers on, they're all looking like proper lifestyle. When I grow up, I want to have a family that has matching sweaters like that which is super cool. And um, obviously it was all photographed in Iceland, which is a beautiful landscape anyway, quite similar in a lot of ways to rural Scottish moorlandy type landscapes, which is always nice. So I'm going to talk you through some of the patterns, tell you what my favourite ones are, uh, tell you anything that I don't love about it, although it's going to be a little bit difficult, I'm not going to lie, and um, invite you to go and have a look and maybe knit along with me on one of the pieces as well. Um, So the whole kind of collection has been built around this idea of Strange Brew, which was a recipe pattern that came out um, a little while ago now, a few months ago I think from memory and this basically gave you all of the different bits and pieces that you would need to create your own colour work sweater but you were quite free to pick and choose which different bits of stitch patterns you wanted to use and which colours you wanted to use in order to create the pattern that you're looking for. Now it seems like York sweaters are a massively popular thing at the moment and probably in no small way helped by people like Kate Davies and Susan Crawford taking a good look at a lot of stranded knitwear recently in Shetland knitwear. But you've also got a lot of people coming out of America with some very safe, uh, trendy kind of, you know, middle of the road knitwear that's super wearable for someone who doesn't want necessarily to have that very authentic fair isle looking. If that's a bit too anorak for you or a bit too specialist, um, then these very safe kind of colour work yoked patterns that are coming from the States, people like Jen Steingas are, are a good alternative for that. And we're seeing quite a lot of them on the high street as well. I was in Oasis the other day in uh, London and spotted quite a range of yoked or stranded knitted sweaters and um, quite a lot of textured ones as well quite a lot of open work ones with some some of the lace parts on the actual high street itself which is why I say it's become a little bit safe in, in a way because it once it gets like that mainstream where you're getting it in Oasis then it's not really a knitter's knit anymore it's a bit more of a, a fashion staple fashion item obviously for us we like to knit it in really nice yarns and we'll keep wearing it even when it's not on vogue necessarily but it, there's always that when once it gets into I think once it gets into the mainstream that you know like something's been done enough in in the nitty world. Um, that's just my personal opinion. But what I like about these ones um, or the collection here is there are so many different ways to make what you've got look different. And as you know, I've got a massive love affair with the Lush Cardigan, which is one of their patterns, and I feel like that is going to happen here as well. And I feel like this accessible, this this accessible, this collection is a little bit more accessible than maybe some of the other patterns um, that they've done before. That's been a knitted yoke, where it's been a very kind of graphic big, large, colourful yoke in some of the old collections. This feels like it can be a lot more mainstream if you want it to be, which is really cool. 
Now, as I said, the strange brew pattern is there for you to kind of build your own. It's like build your own adventure, build your own yoke, choose your own colours, choose your own motifs, and all the instructions are in that for you to make your own yoke, if, if you're that way inclined. If you're like me and a little bit lazy and that feels like too much commitment, they've got a whole range of patterns you can just do as per the pattern, which is awesome. So starting off then with the first one, that is Almanac. I'm going to go through them in alphabetical order because that seems to make more sense. Um, this has got a really quite a deep yoked pattern. So the yoked pattern goes from the top of the neck, from the very top cuff um, collar rather around the neck. And it goes down to below the armpit level with the coloured patterns. It also has a band of colour around the bottom of both of the sleeves and around the bottom of the hem too. So it's quite a commitment colour work wise. It's quite a big, bold statement for that. So I think that would be something that looks quite nice in maybe some tonal colours rather than really bright contrasting ones purely because the size of the yoke. Now, it's modelled on the main picture with, um, oh, he's so cute and he's so big now, little Max and um, Emily's husband, who I don't know that well because he he doesn't he didn't get toted around quite as much as Max did when he was a little baby. He's so gorgeous. Um, they're both wearing their matching jumpers. Be still my beating heart. Uh, and it looks really sweet on them. But I wonder... And this is a conversation I have with myself a lot, and maybe you guys will have an opinion on this, but I wonder how well such a deep yoke works on people with a bosom in particular. And I'm really short, so it'd be like halfway down my body would be this yoke. So I'm not sure it would necessarily work for me, but I think it looks really cute in particular on Max. Like it really works for kids because it's a big, bright kind of statement piece. And I think that kind of knitwear on kids looks really awesome. So that one was Almanac. Anthology is the free hat pattern that has come with this collection. So if you're not going to dive in and get involved with the collection, which is it's 2640 US for the whole book, it's £21.4 in UK, uh, Great British Pines, uh, for the whole collection, which I think is really good value for what you're getting here because you're getting a lot of uh, garment patterns. But the anthology is a free one. So if you want to dip your toe in, maybe if you've not done colour work before, maybe if you want something a bit smaller that you want to knit along with me because I'm totally making it, then anthology is the thing for you. It's a hat. It's quite a classic hat. It's got colour work um aspects to it it's got a nice big kind of snowflake motif on it it's really classic really nice and I think a good canvas for starting out with this kind of knitting because it can be super frustrating if you've not done it before and your tension can be off and I think using something like a hat is a good way to just just get your tension right just get the actions right in your head get used to reading the charts something that's quick that it's um less of a commitment that you can kind of get your confidence up on and then move on to a slightly larger piece. The next one is cartography. This is an all over pattern jumper with the yoked um, stripes of pattern all the way down. All of them are done in three colours in the in the shown example with that one, a plain neutral main colour and then a couple of contrasting colours to go with it. Quite small motifs. So a little bit more involved on the work side and again probably something I would I would put the kids in but not necessarily me 
just because I'm not sure that I could rock that whole all, all over horizontal lined pattern all the way down. And but it is very cute. Then there is the cartography hat. Again, a nice option, smaller motifs and anthology, but a nice option for trying out different bits of colour work to get in your head around, you know, holding the different coloured yarns, yarn dominance, all that kind of stuff. It is again different stripes, different little, all different kinds of motifs. So it comes out with an overall patterned effect, but isn't very complicated. It's only two colours and short floats by the looks of things from the pattern, which means it's a little bit easier to handle and a really pretty brim at the top, not brim, peak at the top with like almost like a flowery star shape. Then we have my favourite, which is Compass, not just because it's a geographical reference, but because I think it's really pretty. And again, this is a patterned yoke, but it is only two colours. So it's almost makes it look like a lace effect. Uh, quite geometric, quite pointy, not too fluffy and florally and girly. It's in red, which always goes down well with me. And it is, a, again, it's a shorter depth of yoke. So it's not going all the way down to under the arms. It's about halfway down, which I think would look better on someone like me who's short um, and reasonably busty basically for my height certainly if you don't want to do the jumper though you could do the compass cowl which is really cozy looking in the picture emily's got it pulled up right over her nose and this has a series of different colors and different motifs in short kind of like maybe eight six or eight stitches deep rows all the way down the piece so if you want to add kind of some stranded colour work without it being too overwhelming or too much of a statement, then this could be a really nice way to do it. Then we have another set of hats. This is Fleet. This looks like it gets a little bit more complex in terms of changing colours, but has a patterned band around the middle of the bobble hat with a contrast pom-pom on top. And then we got into Icefall, which always reminds me of Skyfall, which makes me think there should be a James Bond collection somewhere. And now I'm going to have to go Google or Ravelize, Ravelize this once we are done with this review. Um, again, this is a, a, a short repeat of um, pattern on the yoke, but the yoke is further down below the collar in this one so it's more around the very tops like a cap sleeved version of the arms to just below uh, the crook of your arm basically where your arm splits out and it's got a fade on it everyone loves a fade right a fade in or changing colour from the top to a bottom so the you've got the patterned effect but you've also got that fade effect from the top to the bottom and then in the rib, you have got a two colour effect as well, repeating that that kind of colour change in the rib, both on the hem and the arms. Then we've got Marshland. This is another big, deep, deep um, colour, or a deep, very deep yoke that um, on the little boy version, it goes literally down to almost like his, his belly button, really. It's really quite long. And again, I'm not, I'm not sure that, specific styling would suit me but on 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 the kids it looks super cute and on the gentleman I think it looks quite good as well because because they're bigger it's more balanced um for me I, I think I would look a bit daft in it and um, but I could totally see my absolutely handsome husband wearing something like that but he'd have to knit it himself because it looks quite a commitment for someone who's six foot four 
Then we have Moraine. This is really pretty and it reminds me of something Anne Kingston-y, like it's got that kind of look to it. It's a little bit softer, a little bit less pointy and geometric than some of the other designs, although those aspects are in there as well. But it's got an all over colour patterned, um, colour changing effect with a kind of like a toffee brown main colour and then like a whitey creamy contrast but also within the yolk itself the colour the color of the background like the darker brown colour changes so it's quite it's one of those ones where you'd see it like you'd you'd knit it and wear it to a yarn show and be like yeah yeah baby you know like which one this is it's quite an iconic one I think that'll be one that stands out a lot uh, for people because it seems to pull together some really classic fair isle motifs with some smaller more um general purpose kind of less obvious motifs to make it look quite different so I really like that piece I think that one's great then we have also just move that down then we have mountain mist which I can see being one of those ones like, this is quite high street, I think. It is really super simple looking, but effective. So if you're the kind of person that doesn't want a massive band of neon knitting around your face because it's, you know, that two loud knitwear is going to make you self-conscious, then this one I think is a pattern for you. And it just uses a series of squares, basically, and ch colour changes to have create a yoke effect without it being super yokey and super stranded looking. It's very geometric. It's very plain looking in terms of the pattern. It's just squares. But because of the colours used, I think it's a really wearable effect and something that I can see you could make in a loads of different colours and would always look good and wouldn't go out of fashion when like this stranded knit in fair isle yoked effect goes out of fashion. This wouldn't if you are someone that follows, you know, kind of high street trends. There is a mountain mist hat that uses a similar effect to go with it. Again, I think it'd be a nice one for a, a bloke, but if you're a, a lady who doesn't like to wear something that's too fancy, you could definitely do this in a nice kind of fade, a nice kind of gradual ombre effect and it wouldn't be too LIDAR right there at all. And the last one is Trek. This is super pretty as well. It's a grey one that's done with um, pinks, greens, blues, yellows. Again, nice little small motifs, but all put together create quite a big striking effect. The one thing I will say about all of these patterns that I think is really good that you don't see on a lot of yoked patterns and it really annoys me is that it doesn't have one of those massive really wide necks that you get on a lot of yoked patterns where the neck of the jumper is quite far across on your shoulders. Now that might be how it's supposed to be, I don't know, like I'm not that down with the history of yoked knitwear but... One, if you're going to wear a jumper, why would you want round your neck, which is what measures the temperature and how warm you are, why would you want that hanging out and all cold and then wear a jumper everywhere else? Um, and two, like my neck is, isn't big enough, like my shoulders aren't big enough to hold that. So then they end up kind of slipping off and falling off and it looks untidy. And then you've got to get a t-shirt underneath that you can see all the time and it just doesn't look good in practice. I have to say, none of these jumpers have that. Um, it's just not a thing. All of the necks are 
up and extended probably with short rows into the, the proper neck areas they don't look too wide around your neck and they're not hanging off your shoulders they look really well fitting which means you can have a, a t-shirt underneath them if you want and you're not going to see that t-shirt hanging out and that's a big deal for me and I know from having a lush cardigan that round the collar on that fits really well on me which I can sometimes struggle with especially with shirts and stuff there tends to be too much material on the neck of the shirt because I've got a short neck I'm just little all over really um and obviously yeah you can change it and you can add stuff in if you're doing your own knitwear blah blah well I don't want to like I want it just to be fitting properly to start with and not hanging off my shoulders so these look like they're going to be really nice fits to start with which automatically is a big tick from me because I don't want to be faffing about it especially with a colour work pattern trying to add bits in here and there it's enough of a commitment so the fact these look really well fitting around the neck and everything else and I know that their fits and their sizing is very good from in their other garments means it's definitely something I'm going to be looking to add to my wardrobe so that's my review of Strange Brie from Tin Can Knits. I will probably do do a, like a little video version and put it in the Facebook group maybe so you can see the patterns that I'm talking about perhaps. But I am going to be knitting the anthology pattern. And as I said, that's a freebie and it's available on Ravelry. I'll put a link in the show notes, but I've got some neon yellow and some blue and I want to knit that in those colours because I've got some left over from my Lush cardigan and I thought that would be a really cool thing to put together and obviously it's good for road safety if it's neon as well right so um because I've got those two skins I thought that would be a really nice way to do things so I will come up with some hashtaggery or such like and probably do some chat in the Facebook group I know a lot of you don't really like Facebook but no one's on Ravelry these days I kind of feel like we need some kind of like forum place that is a bit more jumping that isn't Facebook because I'm, I'm not a massive fan either and on Insta you don't necessarily see everything so I'll make a plan anyway I'll make a blog maybe I'll make a blog post can you do you do you remember blog posts I might do a blog post about it with the plan on there but I'm going to be knitting it and I will let you know the details when I've figured those out. So yes, that is Strange Brew. And like I say, it's available on Ravelry. You can get it in hard copy as well from various local yarneries. And it is £26.40 US Ravelry download and £21 for, for Great British Pounds Sterling. So that's all we've got time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I'm going to quickly have to stop halfway through this and then continue recording i'm going to quickly record this outro before the guys start off with their pneumatic drills again but thank you so much for joining me everything that i have mentioned in this week's episode will be in the show notes at shinybees.com forward slash one two three hope you'll have a great week happy crafting and i'll speak to you soon cheers You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes for this episode are over on the website at shinybees.com forward slash one, two, three. And if you'd like to join us over in the Shiny Bees podcast community on Facebook, we'd love to have you there for some nitty chatter. That's shinybees.com forward slash community. If that's all right.